We are ending today, the first quarter of this year, this big 52 behind us. It's 52 Sundays that we have this year to rebuild four specific walls. We're doing one each quarter. And uh, this first quarter, we re- we're rebuilding the walls of uh, prayer. And uh, we will switch in next quarter and uh, rebuild the wall of worship. But today, we're finishing up on the wall of prayer. The first Sunday of this month, I took this whole month, really, uh, to preach on prayer specifically. We were emphasizing prayer all this quarter, but this month to just specifically dwell on the topic of prayer. First Sunday of this month, I talked to you about why we pray, the why of prayer. Second Sunday, I talked to you about when to pray. And um, then last Sunday, I talked to you about how to pray. And uh, this, this morning, I want to do part two of how to pray. Right now, I'd like for you to stand with me, if you will, all over the congregation. My text is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. It's known as the Lord's Prayer. And I want you to read it with me. Actually, we're going to pray it together. Um, Today, I'm going to really talk to you about using this as an outline of prayer and how you add to that and expand on it. And you can easily, let me tell you, the easiest thing in the world is to pray an hour using the Lord's Prayer. It really is. It's It's very simple once you really get into it and get in the flow of it. But... Jesus also told us, you know, the Lord's Prayer is recorded in Matthew 6. It's also recorded in, um, in the book of Luke as well. And in Luke, um, his rendition of it, actually he gives the background as to how Jesus came to the subject of teaching us to pray. And uh, that was very simply because the disciples were observing Jesus in prayer And said to him, Lord, would you teach us to pray? And so Jesus said, when you pray, say. And he gave us the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, and so forth. When you pray, say. So it's very appropriate. In fact, I would encourage you to just pray the Lord's Prayer exactly as it's given to us in Scripture. Just say it like it's it's it. The beauty of that is that anybody can do that. These little girls right here on the front could pray the Lord's Prayer. And while they're not quite old enough yet to really get some in-depth theological knowledge of the kingdom of God, they can still pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You don't have to understand what all that means to pray it, do you? you can pray the will of God into your life. And, and so that's why Jesus said, here it is. Say it. Pray it. Exactly as I've given it to you. So I want you to do that with me. Right after I read this first part, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. This is Jesus. He said, this is how you pray. Now pray it with me, if you will. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're praying the Lord's Prayer today and you may be seated. I can't possibly overemphasize the importance of this thing of prayer. It's so vitally, vitally important that that we pray. The Lord has given us a key right into his presence when he offered us the opportunity of prayer. And folks, you, you have no idea how powerful that key is for you, what you can do with that. Um, let me give you a little illustration. One of the great hymn writers of old was a lady by the name of Fanny Crosby. She wrote a lot of hymns. Some of the great hymns that, that are still around today were written in the 1800s by 
a woman named Fanny Crosby. She was blind. She lost her sight when she was an infant. So she lived her entire life sightless. But all what insight she had into the Spirit of God as she wrote her songs. But Fanny Crosby said, and I'm quoting her directly, she said, I never undertake to write a hymn without first getting on my knees and asking for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the will and the direction of God. Now, Fanny Crosby must have spent a lot of time on her knees because she wrote no less than 8,000 songs. Can you imagine? On one particular occasion, the publishing company that published a lot of her music had asked her to write the words to a, to a tune that a great composer had written, a composer that was well-known in that day, W.H. Dawn, had, had written this marvelous piece of music, but he had no words with it. And they contracted Fanny Crosby to write the words to it. And she was reaching the deadline, and she didn't have anything. And she was really getting pressed by the publishing company. They were calling her really on her back about it. And so she decided this one day that, that she was going to get that thing done, that, that particular song. And so she was working and working and working and just couldn't come up with anything. And suddenly it dawned her on, her, on her. She had not got on her knees and prayed about this particular song. And so she immediately stopped what she was doing got on her knees and sought the Lord. And when she finished praying, she got up and as fast as her assistant could write the words, she wrote the complete all verses and course of Jesus keep me near the cross. Great hymn that she wrote. I shared that with you to say this. I wonder, I wonder how much better our work would go each day if we took a little time before we rushed out the door to get to our job, fighting the traffic and into all of the rush of the day, if we'd carve out some time and stop and pray for God to bless and direct and have his way in that day. Folks, that's so important. Did you know that God is interested in your job? He is. You're his child. He's interested in what interests you. He's interested in what uh, uh, takes your time and your energy and your effort. He's interested in your family. He's interested in your home. It, um, young folks, if, if you take some time before you go off to school in the day, I think I shared with you before, my dad, it used to embarrass me when I was a kid, but sometimes we, I'd have friends that would stop by and want to ride to school with us. And, and it didn't matter if this friend was the first time he'd ever been in our house. Before we went out that door to go to school in the morning, my dad would read from the Word of God, and then we'd have to get on our knees and pray. And uh, like I said, it, it's sometimes a little embarrassing. You know, I, I remember this one guy, big, big athletic guy, big old tall guy. I ran around with tall people. Um, and uh, <laughs> so he, 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 he looked so strange when my dad said, now let's get on our knees and pray. Um, but long story short, he got saved later at, at our church and became one of my best friends all through middle school. And and, um, and on, on later into high school. What a, what a blessing. What a blessing. So start your day with prayer. Amen? Start your day with prayer. And we're going to take the Lord's Prayer this morning. We're going to go through their six uh, main points that Jesus makes in the Lord's Prayer. And you can follow those and, and expand on them. And like I said, it'll just, it's amazing what it can do for your prayer life if you will adopt this. I don't do it every day, but I do it most days. Uh, I use this. There are other times I, I use other forms of prayer, but, but this is the one that I always go back to over and over and over and over again because it was given to us by our Lord Jesus. Here's how he said to start the Lord's Prayer. And you prayed it just a while ago. He said, begin by saying, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, Jesus said, when you start your prayer, don't just rush in and say, oh God, help me today. I need, now I know there are times that you may not have time to do anything else, but say, oh God, please help me. But, but when you're, when you're spending some time with God, don't start off with your petition, start off with your praise. 
Start off with your worship to God. Jesus told the woman at the well that God is seeking for people who will worship him. For some reason, God wants worshipers. That's the primary reason why God made you and me, so that we could worship him. And we'll deal with that in the next quarter of this year. But, but he said, start your prayer off with worship. Just hallow the name of the Lord. Honor the name of the Lord. Worship the name of God. Honor. Give respect to hallowed be thy name. Prayer begins with thanksgiving and worship. Let me take you to the 100th Psalm, and you'll see what David said. He was a man that was really in tune with God. In fact, the Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. So he knew something about praying, and he prayed a lot. There's a lot of prayers in in those uh, Psalms that David prayed. But here's what he said in Psalms 100. I love this whole Psalm. It's one of the Psalms my mom taught me when I was a little boy. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We're his people and the sheep of his pasture. Here's the key. Verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Here's what David said. Start your prayer off. Come into the presence of God with thanksgiving and with praise. See that? And, uh, and then we go on. Be thankful to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. So I, I would encourage you in your, in your prayer to, to adopt the method of worshiping him at the beginning of your prayer. Come before him with thanksgiving, with praise. Hallow his name. Oh, Lord, I praise your name. His name tells us who he is. His name tells us about his character. When we praise the name of the Lord, we're giving honor to who God is, not just for what he's done for us. Now, we'll thank God for that as well, but we start off with this praise to his name. One of the things I suggest is that we praise God for the five benefits in the new covenant. In fact, if you'd like, you can use the names that are given to us in the, in the Old Testament, the, the several of the Hebrew names of God. God revealed himself in stages all through the Old Testament. There were different times, a different aspect of God's character was revealed by giving us a little addition to his name. And, and so I'll, I'll give you those five. But uh, the five, uh, actually more than that, but the five benefits of the new covenant is what we're thanking the Lord for. Let me ask you this. How many of you are glad we're under the new covenant today? Are you glad about that? Yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I sure am. Because under the old covenant, we'd be bringing blood sacrifices in here, trying to get our sins covered for a short while. We've got something better than that. In Jesus, praise God, our sins are not just covered, they're forgiven, and they are eradicated. They're gone. Praise God. They're gone. Anybody happy about that? Your sins are gone. They're gone. <laughs> praise the Lord. So, so the first benefit of the new covenant is that our sins are gone through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and one of the Old Testament names of God is Jehovah Sidkenu. That means that God is our righteousness. See, what happened when Jesus washed your sins away? He took your sins in his body on the tree so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Our righteousness was his filthy rags, Isaiah said. But his righteousness is perfect and holy. And so he takes our sins and gives us his righteousness. We become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I praise the Lord for that. Jehovah Makedesh, God is our sanctifier. He's the one who sanctifies us, who sets us apart as holy unto the Lord, who declares that we're the children of God, who declares that we're justified, made just as though we had never sinned. Can you imagine that? Only God can do that. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that for us us, but he did it for us. And so we praise him for that. Second benefit of the new covenant is the spirit of God. We have the spirit of God abiding in us today. So we thank the Lord. We say, oh, praise the Lord for your spirit, your presence. Oh God, Jehovah Shalom, you're our peace. 
Anybody glad about the peace of God that we have through the Spirit of God? Yes, we thank God for that. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there, the ever-present God. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way even to the end of this world. You don't have to go searching for the Lord. He's right here abiding in you, and he's with you. His Spirit is in us today, and so we can praise him for that. Third benefit of the new covenant of, of these top five is soundness. Did you know God wants you well? Did you know that Jesus not only suffered on the cross for your salvation, but he also suffered in Pilate's judgment hall, that terrible cat of nine tails beating with 39 stripes that we could be healed. Isaiah said, by his stripes, we are healed. Simon Peter, looking back at it, says, by his stripes, we were healed. So on the cross of Calvary, healing was provided for us. So we praise him, Jehovah Rapha, or Rophe, you're my healer, God, our healer. We can praise him for that. The next benefit, God wants you to be successful. You know, up until a generation or so ago, there was a, a false teaching that somehow made its way through the body of Christ, and a lot of people believed it and bought into it, and they thought that, that if you were poor, that, that that meant you were humble before God. Now, that's not necessarily true. Uh, you can be arrogant and be as poor as Job's turkey, as somebody said. I don't know how poor Job's turkey was, but, but I've heard that expression when I was a boy. But poverty and humility are not one and the same. I've seen poor people that were arrogant and hateful. I've seen wealthy people that were very humble. So it's not the, ma- the, the amount of money that you have or that you lack. It, it's, humility is a condition of your heart. But let me tell you something this morning, and I I know this has been carried to extremes by some, but the fact is your heavenly father does want you to be blessed. He does want you to succeed. Yes, he does. Jesus said, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God's word said, I wish above all things that thou mightest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. In other words, God wants you to prosper spiritually and he wants you to prosper physically and financially. So God is, I I praise him because he's Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. Not only is he our provider, he's our provision. Amen. He's our everything. Somebody give God some praise today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then finally, security. Oh, what we have in the Lord, the security that we have in him. Jehovah Nissi, God is our banner, and his banner over us is love. He loves us, and and he wants us to be secure in him. He's Jehovah Rohi, the, the Lord who is our shepherd. He guides us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. When I get to this part of the Lord's Prayer, Sometimes it, it, it just flows into the 23rd Psalm. You know, I'm praising the Lord. I'm, I, I'm saying, oh, Father, I, I, I just hallow your name this morning. I praise you, Lord. Your name means so much to me. I, I thank you, Holy Father, that you're Jehovah Sidkenu. You're my, you're my righteousness. I thank you that you're Jehovah Makedesh. You're, you're my sanctification. I, I thank you, oh, Father, that, that you're Jehovah Shalom. You're my peace. And I thank you for the peace of God. I, I thank you that you're Jehovah Shammah. You're the God who is with me, the very present one. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you're Jehovah Rophe. You're my healer and my health. I thank you, Lord, that you're Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider and my provision. I thank you, Lord, that you're Jehovah Nissi. You're my banner. Your banner over me is love. I thank you, Lord, that you're Jehovah Rohi. You're my shepherd. And then I say, the Lord is my shepherd shepherd and I shall not want. Praise God. God supplies my need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil because the Lord is with me and his rod and his staff, they comfort me. God even prepares a table before me sometimes right in the very presence of my enemies. And then he anoints my head with oil and my cup just runs over and 
surely God's goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. And then I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen and amen. Glory. You start your prayer like that. And you'll be so excited by the time you get to the first point, the end of the first point. If, if that don't get your motor started, there's something wrong with your, your crank, amen. <laughs> yeah, just praising the Lord. You can praise your way right into the presence of God. He loves your praise. He loves your worship. And then Jesus said, after you begin your prayer with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then move into the area of petition and you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He says, before you start on the specificity of your physical needs, start by seeking first the kingdom of God. Remember what Jesus said? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added to you. Remember that? That's what Jesus said. And by the way, when he said that, he was talking about food, clothing, and shelter. He's talking about the things that we need daily. And so it makes sense that right here in the Lord's Prayer, when he teaches us to pray, he's got the first thing that he teaches us to request or pray for is for the kingdom of God to come and the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I said a while ago, you don't have to, you don't have to be a theologian to understand all of these things. The, the, let me just give you the simplest, the simplest definition of the kingdom of God that I can find, and it's right here in the Word of God. It's in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. Look what the Word says. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's what the kingdom of God is. That's, that's what it's all about. It's not ceremony, as important as that is. Now, now, the Lord Jesus himself gave us the Lord's Supper and communion, and all of that's very important. But Paul said, when you come together as a church, it's not just about eating and drinking. That's important. You're commemorating the Lord and, and so forth. But, but the kingdom of God expands even beyond that. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And that's, that's what the Lord wants in your life. He wants you to have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit right there in your life. So when I get to the petition part of the Lord's Prayer, I say, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, this morning, I want your righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit in my life. I pray for myself. That may sound a little selfish to you, but, but um, I'm the one praying the prayer. Amen. So, and how am I going to help somebody else if I'm not helped myself? So I pray that in myself before I do anybody else. When I get finished praying that in myself, then I start praying it over my family. Now, years ago, when I started doing this, I just had two little boys, so it's pretty easy. I prayed for me, I prayed for Faye, I prayed for Brian, and I prayed for Brad. And, and then they grew up and they got married, so I had to add daughters-in-law to that. And then they started having babies, so I had to add grandchildren to that. Now the grandchildren have gotten married, and I'm trying to remember all the, 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 their wives' names and husbands' names. And, and, and now they're having babies, and i got great-grandchildren, so it takes me longer to pray this section than it used to. But I pray the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit into the lives of every member of my family. And when I finish with my immediate family, I start with the extended family. I pray for my mother's people. I pray for my daddy's people. I pray for my wife's people. I pray for all those that I can think of. I, I just keep far, far, just, I, I just kind of let the Lord lead me in that. Whoever the Lord just brings to my mind, I just pray that. Just bless them. Just bless them. Bless them with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then I go beyond that. I, I add it, I put the church people to it. I pray for you in that. I pray that the Lord will give you righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I want the kingdom of God to come in your lives. I, I want New Hope to be a kingdom church. Amen. Yeah. Really, glory. Give him praise. He's worthy. And then I get into the government. I pray for our city. I pray for the mayor. I mean, you know, we're blessed in this area. We got a mayor that loves God. Um, 
I, I, I probably ought not tell all this stuff publicly, but I want to tell you right now that, that, uh, that, that our mayor uh, has Pastor Roger down there on a regular basis praying in his office and praying over our city. And I want to tell you, I thank God for that. I thank God for a man of God that will reach out. The last time I stopped down at the bridge, the mayor was there. He came over to me and told me how much he appreciated New Hope and all that we do for our city and that we're an important part of, of what God is doing in this city. And, that, and man, I say, amen. Yes, we, we are God's people. Listen, it, it's not time to hang our head down and, and get in despair over what's going on in this world. It's time for the church to arise and make an impact on what's going on in this world. We can do that. So pray for your city, pray for your mayor, pray for your city council, pray for your county commissioners, pray for, pray for your city, your state, and the nation. Pray that God will give us another great awakening in this land that will sweep from one end of this country to the other. I'm believing for revival. Amen. I'm believing God for revival in this nation. Then, when you've sought for the kingdom of God, like Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Then he said, pray, give us this day our daily bread. Pray for God's daily provision. Pray for it. Just, just ask God for provision, daily provision. The older I get, and I'll deal with this next month when we talk more about worship, but the, more, the older I get, the more praise I give and the less request I offer. When I come to this part of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, I said, I, I say that, I say that to him. Jesus said, when you pray, say. So I say to my heavenly Father, Lord, I want you to give me this day my daily bread. But I said, Father, I, I just want to thank you in advance because I believe that my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I just give you praise that my needs are met, my needs are met, my needs are met in the name of Jesus. My needs are met. Praise God. So pray. Be specific. This, this is where specificity is so important. Tell God exactly what you need. I mean, there's a scripture that says you have not because you ask not. Don't, don't just be vague in, in this. Just get specific about what you need. Now, let me, let me encourage you in this area as well. I started this way back in the early 70s. I got me a great big old binder that had sections, about five or six of them. And I sectioned off my, my week and different things that I pray for and emphasize on a daily basis. But, but there's a section in my prayer notebook. And I filled a few of those along the way. But there's a section where I write down my request to God, my specific request to God. When I'm asking God for something specifically, I write it down. Let me tell you why I do that. Many years ago, back before the 70s, I'd be praying and I'd ask God for something. And, and the devil would, not probably one of his little demonic spirits, but... But an evil spirit would often say to me, why do you keep asking God for stuff? God doesn't answer your prayers. Have you ever felt like that? Am I the only one in the house that's ever battled that? that, that sometimes you just feel like you're not getting your prayers answered. Have you been there? This is why it's so important. We forget so many times the things that we've asked God for that God has given us. We forget prayers that God has answered. So I have a section in my prayer book where I write down, I date it. I ask God for something on this particular date. And then when God answers it, I go back and check it off and write the date that God answered the prayer. You know what? The enemy doesn't pull that on me anymore. Because when I started filling up that notebook, I was praying one morning. I was, I was walking like I love to do. It was early in the morning. I was walking into church. And I, I, was, I was just praying and, seeking and praising the Lord. And I got to the prayer part where give us this day our daily bread. And I started giving my specific prayers to the Lord, my request to the Lord. And the enemy said, God doesn't answer your prayer. I said, wait just a minute. And I ran to the office and grabbed my notebook. And I said, thank you, Mr. Devil. 
I, I must need to do some more praising this morning. I turned to that section. I said, Father, I want to thank you that on June the 18th, 1971, I prayed this prayer right here. And then on uh, September that year, you answered that prayer. And I, I, I just want to stop and give you some thanks for that, Lord. And, and I went on to number two and I went on to number three. I still do that sometimes. The devil doesn't bother me with it anymore because he don't want me to praise God. He don't want you to praise God. But God's answering your prayers all the time. And we just forget what God has done for us. You know, you just kind of move on with life. But you need to remind yourself sometimes of what the Lord's done for you. And it will help you when you can pull that out and just give God a little bit of praise on that. Amen. Like I said, every once in a while I get it out. I, I, the other day I was just thanking God. I, I went all the way back to the day I was born. That was a long time ago. God spared my life the day I was born. I had surgery the day I was born. Um, I had seven operations by the time I was seven years old, major operations. And, and, and I've given my testimony before. I don't want to go into all that. But I said, Lord, I want to thank you again for bringing me through all of those, the, those surgeries of childhood. And man, back in the 50s, things were pretty rough in, in the medical profession. It wasn't near what it is today. Thank the Lord. It, I, it's a miracle that I, I survived. And, and it came from God. So we thank God for those things. Remind yourself and, and thank God for it. Let, let me move on quickly. And, and then he said, pray and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or as some translations have it, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Either, either way you want to do that, it encompasses all of it. In fact, Luke adds that, uh, that dimension to it. And so uh, praise him for that. And, but be in an attitude of forgiveness. First of all, ask God to forgive you. Ask God to forgive you. And then, and then remember, he ties it to when you finish. We read the Lord's Prayer a while ago, and it, the last word was amen. But if you read the next verse, it says, For if you forgive not others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will not forgive you your trespasses. It starts off with the word for. That's connected to the sentence behind it. That's connected to the Lord's Prayer. So, so read that when you get home or get a chance. It's important. And I, I stressed this last Sunday, so I'm not going to uh, dwell on it much now. But I'm telling you, it's an absolute must that we live in forgiveness. Somebody wanted to know the other day, when should we forgive? And let me tell you a good rule of thumb on forgiveness. <clears throat> Make up your mind when you pray that prayer early in the morning that you're going to live a life of forgiveness. Just, just go ahead and get, get that taken care of before your day begins. Just, I, I, I try to do that. I say, Lord, I set my heart and my mind today. You've forgiven me for everything, and I'm not going to hold anything against anybody. And I, I say, Lord, I'm just going to go ahead and forgive them today before it even happens. And I'll just have that taken care of. I'll just forgive them. That'll help your road rage, by the way. When somebody cuts you off, you've already forgiven them. You, are, you already made up your mind. Listen, this stuff, folks, will help you live longer. Some of you are shortening your life with that adrenaline rush when you get so angry about everything. Somebody cuts you off and you just go berserk, you know. And you just ruins your whole day. You get to work angry. You bet, it takes you two hours to get settled down and get your the, the levels of adrenaline, and it's killing you. Just praise God. Just when that happens, just a, thank the Lord. I've already forgiven him. <laughs> I know he's acting like an idiot, but I forgave him. I did it this morning when I prayed. I'm not going to get all upset about that. I just got that taken care of. Somebody say amen. Praise God. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. And then he said, Pray this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Praise God. Father, I want you today to guide me around and help me avoid those pitfalls. Help me in Jesus' name to, to, to avoid temptation. And thank you, Lord, that, that you give me victory over the tempter himself. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver me from evil. Deliver me from that evil one. I pray in advance. Lord, I don't know what kind of plan the enemy's got to trick me up today. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray let him fall in his own trap. But I'm trusting you to take care of me. Praise God. Going to get through that. Amen.
God will help you do that. God will help you do that. And then uh, in, in this part of it, this is a good place to put on the whole armor of God. I'd encourage you, some of you do this. You, you uh, get your kids dressed in the morning. You not only get them dressed physically, but some of you parents, I, I admire you for it. It's a great thing to do. We used to do this when ours were small. We'd go ahead and dress them up spiritually too. It doesn't take but just a few minutes to teach them how to do that. Just teach them to, to gird your waist with truth. Amen. Truth is so important. And, and that you take that part of the whole armor of God. It protects, you, it protects your productivity. It, it protects your life. And then put on the breastplate of righteousness. Told you a while ago, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Put that on. Put on the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace to share that. Uh, with others and and then take the shield of faith boy this is so important so important take the shield of faith and and he gives you the reason well i'll give you the scriptures for this in just a minute because the shield of faith helps you to avoid or protect you against the fiery darts of the devil now he uses those teams i don't mean that when you go out of your house that there's people out in your yard throwing darts at you if you do, you might, might want to move. I, I don't know, you know. But those fiery darts are, are hot words that people will throw at you. I guarantee you they hurt worse than a dart. Amen? Those, those words that they can fire at you. But if you got up the shield of faith, praise God, he said you, those things won't hurt you. I've run into Christian people all the time that are stinging and hurting and burning and, and, and uh, uh, some of them are crippled because of stuff people have said to them. My goodness alive. Now, all that lets me know is that you're not, you're, not putting on, you're not carrying the shield of faith with you all day. You carry that shield of faith with you, you can just bat those things off. Ah, there's another one. There's another one. I don't pay any attention to that. that yeah. So what? So what if somebody may have even been a parent? So what if they told you over and over when you were a child, you'll never amount to anything. You'll just, you're going to turn out like your daddy or your mama or your uncle so-and-so or your, you know, or your neighbor or your friend or something. So what if they said that? You get that shield of faith up. Praise God. I'm working in faith. What I believe, my, I set my faith on the word of God. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the thoughts of my heavenly father are good towards me. God has thoughts about me to prosper me, to bless me. Amen. I'm who this word says I am. I'm not who somebody else says I am. Use that shield of faith. It'll protect you. Amen. And then he said, put on the helmet of salvation. Guard your mind. Guard your mind with the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that washed away our sin. We're saved. That's salvation. And he connects the helmet of salvation with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you use the word of God to protect your mind. You know, we're, we're supposed to cast down thoughts and imaginations that are not of God. And one of the ways we do that is countering with the word of God. Amen. Um, take the, the sword of the spirit. By the way, that's your only offensive weapon. All the rest of them are for protection. They're defensive weapons. Let me give you the scriptures. It's Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Let me just read it to you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the, high, in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all of this, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your waist girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. See, they're connected right there in verse 17, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication of the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication with the saints. Glory to God. Amen. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. 
You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to run out of the house in the morning without your clothes on. They'd lock you up. I, I worked as an associate pastor for, for a wonderful man of God that taught me so much. I worked for him for five years. He and his wife had been married about eight years before they had their first child. And um, he used to tease all the young guys in the church uh, when they, when their wife was expecting, when they get ready to go to the hospital, he'd, he'd pick at them because some of them would get excited, you know, and do, do funny things. And, and he always said, you, you guys, you're just young and you, you know, you just get too excited. You just ought to settle down. So <laughs> when, when, uh, his wife told him, um, I think we're going to have to go to the hospital. Uh, it's time. He jumped up. They were already in bed. He jumped up, jumped in the restroom, got him a quick shower, shaved real fast, put on his put on his shirt, put on his necktie, put on his top coat, and then grabbed her suitcase and and said, "Honey, let's go." And uh, she said, uh, "You know, you might want to put your pants on." Uh, <laughs> Believe me, the young guys in that church, we had a ball with him for a long time. <laughs> a long time. He, he was excited too, but you would, you're careful before you go out the door in the morning that you, you, you know, you make sure that you're fully dressed. You make sure you get that last look in the mirror and so forth. And yet we, we go out the door spiritually naked and then wonder why the devil is able to bat us around, beat us up, and abuse us, and throw darts at us, and hurt us, and all that stuff. Stop. If it's important to get dressed physically, it's important to get dressed spiritually. Amen? It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. I just say, praise God. Lord, I thank you that, that in this part of the Lord's Prayer this morning, I'm just going to take a moment to make sure that I'm spiritually dressed. Lord, in Jesus' name, I, I gird my waist with the truth of God. I put on the breastplates of righteousness. I put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. I want to go wherever you want me to go, witness to whoever you want me to witness with. Lord, I'm going to be careful that I make sure I got the shield of faith with me because I'm not, I'm not going to be batted up with a bunch of uh, fiery darts today. I'm, I'm going to quench all all of those with the word of God, that, that stuff's not going to hurt me. I'm going to make sure that my mind is guarded with the helmet of salvation and with the word of God. And if the devil comes in like a flood, I know that you're going to lift up a standard against him. I'm going to take the word of God and withstand everything that the enemy's got against me because I'm going to be victorious today in you. By the way, when you f are fully clothed spiritually in the whole armor of God, the devil can't even tell who's in that helmet because you look just like Jesus. And he's scared to death of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Jesus is already defeated. Glory to God. Glory to God. Stand with me for the last point. And I'll bring this to a close. Here's the way we wrap it up. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So be it, Lord. You know what that is? That's a declaration. Jesus tells us, start the Lord's Prayer with praise. Move into your petition part. Move into to, to the specificity of your needs. And then when you get to the end of the Lord's Prayer, make your declaration. And by the way, you can add, the word is full of good declarations that you can add to that. And you're not doing any violence to the scripture at all. In fact, you're quoting scripture, okay? I'll just give you two that I use. I, I use a lot more than that. But here's a couple that I, I put on top of that. When I say, Lord, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. I say, Lord, and I, I want to declare your word from Isaiah 54, 17. That no weapon formed against me is going to prosper today. Amen. Every tongue that rises up against me, I'm going to condemn it. It's my heritage in the Lord, my righteousness of you. Amen. Here's another one I use, Luke 10, 19. I love this one. I, I say, Lord, I declare today that you've given me the authority and the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the powers in them. And nothing shall by any means hurt me. Glory to God. I'm walking in faith in you in Jesus' name.
Praise God. Praise God. Go ahead and give him some praise if you love him this morning. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Glory to God. Glory to God. God has given us such an opportunity when he invites us into the very throne room of heaven to commune with him. And he loves us so much. He loves you more than you can even imagine. Once when, when one of our kids was really going through a tough time, we, my wife was really struggling in prayer, trying to find an answer. And the Lord said to her one morning, don't you know that I love your children even more than you love your children? Wow. What, what confidence that gave us in prayer. Lord, you, you love my kids. You love me more than I do. I'm not perfect, but you are. They're made in your image, your likeness. You knew them before they were born. You love them with an everlasting love. You love them with a perfect love. You love my kids even more than I do. So I know that when I pray for my kids, I'm praying the very heart of God. And you're, you're, you're going to set things up. You're going to work things out. You're going you're gonna to do whatever needs to be done. We... Church, we have such an opportunity. God has put keys right in our hand to work kingdom work in prayer. I had a lady visit my office this week. She's unable to come to church anymore. She's, the other day was one of the few days that she's been able to get out at all. And she came in for a specific purpose. And it's amazing what God has done through this precious sister she lives on a very very limited income but several years ago she got a burden for our mission program and she heard me make the statement that you know that there's more than five continents in the world but there's five inhabited continents you know there's there's not a whole lot you can do mission wise in antarctica <laughs> preach to the seals maybe or something i don't know even but um Five, five major inhabited continents of the world, and we want churches from New Hope on every continent. And she said, she said, I set a goal to build five churches on the mission field. And she said, I, I put back a little bit each month. Said it takes me a long time to, to do it. And I know that through the years she's coming. I remember when she brought me the first one, she said, here's the first church. I remember when she brought me the second one, the third one. And it's been two or three years now since she brought me number four. And she's gone through a real challenge with her health. She's way up in her 80s, by the way. But she came the other day, she said, you know, they sent me home to die. And I remember that last year. They sent me home to die, but she said, hadn't met my gold yet. God's kept me around. She said, here's church number five. She put it in my hand. She said, I, I met my gold. And she said, Pastor, I'm sorry. There's not much I can do anymore. I can't even come to church. I said, all I can do is pray. I hugged her neck. I said, don't ever say that that's, don't ever, don't ever say that like that is small. That's big. That's big. You can still pray for us. You have no idea how important that is. You have no idea what a blessing that is. How many of you this morning are you glad that there are people that are praying for you at New Hope? Amen. There are people that are praying for you. People are praying for you. This precious sister's praying for you this morning. She's not here, but she's praying for you. Praise God. Prayer is so important. Let, let me close with this illustration. Years ago, Dr. Will Mayo made this statement. I want to read it because I don't want to misquote it. 
He said, I have seen patients that were dead by all standards. We knew they could not live. But I've seen a minister come to a bedside and do something for him that I could not do, although I had done everything in my professional power. But something touched some immortal spark in him. And in defiance of medical knowledge and materialistic common sense, that patient lived. That was Dr. Will Mayo. His brother, Dr. Charles Mayo, and he are the ones that founded the great Mayo Clinics that have done such a great work in the world. You know what he's saying? He's saying with all of our medical knowledge, all of our scientific knowledge, prayer can do more than we can do. There's a point where we can't go any further, but, but prayer, amen. Prayer can go on. Glory. Prayer can do it. And you have that at your disposal, the opportunity. Oh, church, we ought to value it. We ought to thank God for it. We ought to cherish it, and we ought to protect it. We ought to guard it. We ought to guard some time that we have for prayer that we just don't let anything. It should be, more, it should be the most important thing in our lives from a day-to-day basis, what you can do in prayer. Praise God. Some of you got family on the other side of the earth. Your prayers can reach them. Your prayers can reach them. Amen. Our God can touch them on the, and protect them right where they are. Praise the Lord. The altar is open. I want the prayer team just to come quickly. If you're standing here today and you need God, if you're unsaved, please come and give your heart to Jesus today. It'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. If you're away from God, please come home. Renew and restore, be restored. Come to him. If you're sick in body, come let us pray for you and believe God for your healing. If you have a financial need, a need on your job and your family, whatever it may be, these people are here. They'll be glad to agree with you in prayer. But I also believe that perhaps there are many of you today that maybe the Holy Spirit has stirred you in this thing of prayer. I've asked God today. I, I wish I had the ability to do it. I don't have the ability to do it, but God does. I said, Lord, I'd I, I just like to see the Holy Spirit ignite an excitement in us about prayer that, that would cause us to go from here and say, I can't hardly wait to get an opportunity to just get by myself so I could just pray and, and offer up some prayers to the Lord. Maybe you'd like to come this morning. You can't do the whole Lord's Prayer. You'll be here for the next hour. But you could do that first part. You could just come and say, Father, I just want to hallow your name this morning. I just want to praise you for a few minutes before I leave the church. Just want to praise you. If you'd like to do that, just come as close as you can. Just all over the building. Just come. If you'd like to spend just, just a few minutes. We won't take more than four or five minutes for this. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll be through. But if you'd like to just come and just... Just say, Lord, I, I just want to tell you this morning I love you and I thank you for the opportunity to pray. And I want to hallow your name. I want to praise you. You're my provider. You're my healer. You're my salvation. You're my joy. You're my strength. You're my everything. God bless you. The altar's open. Feel free to come.